Tell me who hath believed, hath believed our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church here in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. It is 1936 in southwest Missouri in the middle of the Great Depression. Lyle Luther Davidson, the father of the president of this ministry, Doyle Davidson, needed some money. But money was hard to come by and there was no work. Years earlier, Lyle had left school early to work with his father as a road builder. Even as a teenager, Lyle was an excellent teamster, which in those days was a handler of horses. They had 50 head of draft horses doing the dirt work for a section of highway in Rolla, Missouri, of what became that famous highway, U.S. 66. But in 1924, the entire family were born again. Lyle's father said he could no longer do business the way that it was done, and they returned home. Lyle shared, not long after he was born again, God, in the vision, took him down to the gates of hell three times. He shared the experience more than once and told how he saw the flames and people that he knew in the flames. He said that God would show him and then pull him back and then show him again and pull him back and that that happened three times. He said, when God was finished showing me those things, I wasn't just born again, I was converted. I had a fear of God after that day, which I never had. You know, Lyle's faith grew in the Lord. And 12 years later, 1936, he needed a miracle. But by this time, he knew how to get it. Even though he had no work, he left the house and walked south to the barn where he kept his pair of Missouri mules, Jack and Jake. Jack and Jake had a pretty good reputation. Jack was all black, weighed in at 1,100 pounds. And Jake, he was a bay with black points and he weighed in at 1,090 they made a good team. Lyle harnessed them up and headed north, down the quarter-mile-long gravel driveway, to the road. When he and the mules were passing by the house, Alba, Lyle's wife, Doyle's mother, hollered out, Lyle, we don't have any food to eat tonight. Lyle answered her back, well, we will have. Well, I'd like to know where you're going to get it, was Alba's reply. Lyle responded back, well, I would too, but we'll have it. And he continued further on down the long gravel lane to the road. A few minutes later, a car pulled into that driveway right in front of Lyle, and a man got out and spoke. Lyle, where are you going? He replied back to him, what do you need? He said, I need some hay bailed. Lyle answered him back, well, then I'm going to your house. And he drove those mules to work. Lyle's faith in God paid off, and God supplied some work. Alba, Dorothy, and Doyle had dinner that night aplenty because of the faith of their father, Lyle Luther Davidson. I have the perfect song to go with this story. I have returned, sung here by Chico Holiday. This is a beautiful song, and I pray it ministers to you. I have returned 
to the God of my childhood, to the same simple faith as a child I once knew, like the prodigal son. I long for my loved ones, for the comforts of home, and the God I outgrew. I have returned to the God of my childhood, Bethlehem saved. The prophet's Messiah is Jesus to me. God of my mother with unfailing faith for the child of her heart she said raise them up in the way that he wants them and thank God when they're grown
I have returned to the Yahweh of Judah. On my knees I did fall with a wall now stand. This lesson I learned as I worked my way home. The Savior of old is the comfort to man. I in a small town. I went to school with the same friends from first grade through my graduation. In that same group, there was a smaller group of us that grew up together in church. We went to Sunday school together. We sang in the choir together. We went to church camp together. We were in the youth group together. We spent so much time together, we were just like brothers and sisters. When I was a young teenager, a freshman or a sophomore in high school, that youth group would have discussions between ourselves. There was a group of us in there that were interested in God and we wanted to know how to follow him, but we didn't have any answers. But we would talk among ourselves. I remember a particular discussion that we had among ourselves. And I don't think our leader was there, but it was about the end times. We were discussing the mark of the beast, how we knew we couldn't receive it. And if we did, we'd go to hell. I remember we were serious and we had lots of questions. Were we the generation that this was going to happen in? Were we going to see the mark of the beast? What would we do for food? Where would we live? We couldn't hide in a cave because in that part of Ohio there were no caves. Would we be persecuted? I remember as we were talking, we came to the conclusion that if things were going to be so bad, it might not be a bad idea to have our heads cut off early and just go to heaven. What was our problem back then? We had no concept, no revelation of Jesus, nor of the gospel, nor of the power of God. I am now in my 50s, and I see the end coming. I can read that Bible, and I can read the headlines. The mark of the beast is not far off. But now I have some answers, and I'd like you to consider some things. And for that, we're going to go to Hebrews 2. I'm going to begin in verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, 
You know, if you can read that sentence, you see what the difference is between a man and an angel. And there's not much difference. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Do you see that Jesus took your death? Verse 10, for it became him. And that word became means befitting. It befit him. Look at these next words. For whom are all things? For whom are all things? For whom are all things? All things are for Jesus. Let's consider that for a minute. For whom are all things? We have an earth. Why was it made? For this verse and others, it was made for Jesus. We have a sun, we have a moon, we have stars. For who were they made? They were made for Jesus. There is gold and silver. For whom was it made? It was made for Jesus. By these verses, for whom are all things? You and I were made. For who were we made? We were made for Jesus. Let's go on. And by whom are all things? By whom are all things? Do you know that Jesus created all things? It says, for it became him, Jesus. For whom are all things and by whom are all things? Let's turn to Colossians 1.16. For by him, Jesus, were all things created. All things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. That word consist means all things are held together. By who? By Jesus. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and that in all things he might have the preeminence. Jesus is the one that created all things, not the Father. Look again at Colossians 1. For by him were all things created, visible and invisible. Who created the world? Jesus. Who created the stars? the sun, the moon, Jesus. Who created the planets? Jesus. Who created man and beast and bird and flower? Jesus. Who created silver and gold and diamonds? Jesus. Who created you and I? Jesus. Now let's go a step further. Who created Satan? Jesus. All things created all things visible and invisible. Who will create the Antichrist? Jesus. For whom will the Antichrist be created? For Jesus. Who created demons and evil spirits? Jesus. Why were they created? For Jesus. Let's go and consider some more things. As I was a teenager and we were talking about the end times, There was some fear that we had about those end times. But what are we afraid of? Who is our God? Do we really trust him? Let's consider this. By Bible experts, Moses led the people out of Egypt. 
They believed that there were 600,000 men that Moses led out besides women and children. 600,000 men left Egypt and God parted the Red Sea for them to cross over. Those experts consider that with the women and children, there were somewhere between 1 million and 2.5 million people that left Egypt, that went through the Exodus, that went into the wilderness. The Father parted the Red Sea for 1 to 2 million people to cross over. This is the God we serve. And for 40 years, they were in the wilderness. And what did they eat? The Father fed all those people. He fed the manna from heaven. He had water gushing out of rocks to take care of his people in the wilderness. And we are afraid of the mark of the beast. We are afraid that God cannot sustain us. Let's consider Elijah running from Jezebel. An angel fed him a cake that he baked on a stone. And Elijah went in the strength of that cake for 40 days and 40 nights. Sustained by strength of that cake for 40 days and 40 nights. And we don't believe God can sustain us. And if we go on about Elijah, God sent Elijah into the wilderness. God commanded the ravens to feed him. And we are afraid that God can't sustain us. Now, let's consider Jesus. Consider Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Consider Jesus that fed 5,000 men, not counting women and children, with just five loaves and two fish. And then he turned right around and he fed 4,000 men, besides women and children, with seven loaves of bread and a few fish. How did he feed all those people? Do you remember how he fed them? He took the five loaves and the two fish and he looked up into heaven and he gave thanks. He gave thanks. And they began breaking that bread and fed all those people. And we don't think that God can sustain us in the evil time. What God do we serve? Now let's take it even a step further. What about that Jesus, that Jesus that for whom all things were made and that Jesus that created all things visible and invisible. In one other place in scripture, it says that there was not anything made that he didn't make. So that Jesus that made all things, do you remember that he is in us? 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. If you believe the gospel, that Jesus died for you, that he was buried for you, that he was raised again for you, if you believe that, then that spirit of Jesus is in you. That same spirit that created the universe, that created the world you live in, that created everything you see and don't see is inside of you. And 1 John 4, 4 states, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the spirit of Jesus that was raised from the dead 
The Spirit of Jesus that created everything you see and don't see is in you. And you are afraid that God can't sustain you? Oh, we of little faith. I have some little understanding of this. Years ago, when my children were small, I worked in a large grocery chain making signs. And I worked my own hours, but I tried to get as many hours as I could because I needed the money. And most of the money that I made at that grocery store, I spent at that grocery store for groceries. I had young mouths to feed. You know, I thank God for those days when money was that tight because God was teaching me to trust him. There were times where there was no money. There were times that we barely had enough money to pay our bills and there wasn't anything left to buy food. And you know what? God would find a way to feed us. He always had a way to feed us. I remember one late night, I happened to go onto the floor and I ran into the meat deli manager who was also there late at night. And she was going through their product on the shelves to see if there were any that had the last sale date that had expired. And she had to take those products off the shelves. And she had a box full of them. And I came up to her and I asked her if she needed any signs and we struck up a conversation. She knew that I had children She asked me, she said, would you like this box of food? She said, I'm not supposed to do this, but I don't want to throw all this good food away. She said, the food hasn't expired. It's just that the last sale date has expired. And I expressed an interest. I said, well, sure. She said, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. She said, I'm going to go to the restroom. You just take the box and you go put it in your car. You know, that box was full of food. And I did. I took it to my car. It was full of lunch meat and hot dogs and sausage and all sorts of things. It fed us for a week. Do you know she did that for several months for me? Do you know God had her there to do that? He had her there at that time. He put it in her heart to give me that food. You know, God sustained me and my family for the length of time that she did that for us. That's the God I serve. Now, how was I able to take part of the power of God? How was I able to receive that power of God? I received it through the gospel. I received it in that Jesus died for me. That he bore my sin, my iniquity, my sicknesses, my diseases, my poverty. He bore my helplessness. Every weakness I had, Jesus bore it on his body on the cross. And then that man, Jesus, died for me. He was buried. He went to hell for me. He tasted death like Hebrews 2 tells us. And then the Father raised him from the dead. And when the Father raised Jesus from the dead and put him in heavenly places, he put me in heavenly places right there with him. Because that spirit of Jesus is in me. And the same power that Jesus demonstrated on earth is in me. And able to sustain me and you if you will believe. There is no reason to fear. We have the man that created the world inside us. We have the man that bore our sickness, our disease, our sin, our poverty inside us. We have the God that raised him from the dead and raised us up with him inside us.
How do we get it? We believe it. We trust in it. We adhere to it. And we look for God to manifest his power for us. Believe that gospel. Do you need born again? Do you need healing? Do you need deliverance? Do you need a financial miracle? They all come from the same place. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Romans 10.9 states that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Thou shalt be born again. Thou shalt be healed. Thou shalt be delivered. Thou shalt have thy financial miracle. Why? Verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Believing, clinging to, hanging on to, trusting in that word above anything else. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Speaking it with your mouth, confessing that Jesus died, was buried, and raised again for you will bring you that salvation. Let's finish the program with Terry Mai and the Water of Life boys ministering, It is Finished.
you for joining me and the musicians from Water of Life Church. I would love to hear from you. You may reach me by email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at Kathy Davidson, W-O-L dot com, or you may write me at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 861327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find me on the internet at www.kathydavidsonwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.